For in him we live and move and have our being. Acts 17, verse 28. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Dowd. And I'm Stephanie Reedmeyer. And this is Offscript, the podcast where every week we take a deeper dive on last Sunday's sermon, talk about the theology behind it, and get a chance to discuss anything that ended up on the cutting room floor. And this is a double wrap-up. We're wrapping up our Top of the Charts sermon series. And this is the final episode of Season 2. Woo, woo, woo! Before we head off to, uh, you know, well, take the summer off. We're going to do some vacation stuff. <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> Tell gonna, the people. I, you want to know? I'm going to a couple places. Tell me. So we're going to Disney World. Love it. Next week. I'm really excited about that. That's just in the middle of the week. And then um, I'm going to help with my brother-in-law's wedding in Chicago. Uh, it's a couple weeks from now. Love and Chicago. Family trip to um, Puerto Rico after that. Nice. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. So we, we've been wanting to go to Puerto Rico for a while, and Wit, Wit's been wanting to go. And so it's a that's the big family trip that we take every year with her side of the family, um, except for her brother-in-law and future sister-in-law, because they're going to be on their honeymoon, but everybody else is going to go. So Jake and I love Puerto Rico. I've been there several times when I was in the Navy. Yeah. Very different accommodations oh, yeah, than yeah, what yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah. have this right. time around. Jake was doing bank stuff because they're United States, whatever. So their bank system is part of ours. Yeah. So. yeah. It's the U.S. territory. Yes. So he was there for work stuff, and I got a vacation on the beach. Yeah. So funny. You want to hear a fun story about it? So I, Rose I would love Rose to. used to be a naval, naval base in Puerto Rico. I, don't, I think Rosie Rose is closed now. But I was there when I was many, many years ago when I was in the Navy, and a buddy of mine were uh, decided to go swimming. And so we, we were at the beach uh, on the base, and we swam out to this island. And it was probably, I don't know, a half mile away. It was a pretty good swim. Yeah. And so as, as you got closer, we didn't realize it was kind of corally and rocky and stuff, so you had to be real careful as you were getting close. And all of a sudden there was this splashing, and I looked over, and there was a shark <laughs> that, that was, you know, pretty good size. I mean, from its dorsal fin to its tail fin was probably, uh, I don't know, how, how far is that? Three and a half feet, something like that. And he yeah. was following us clearly, and he was flopping around the closer he got to, and then he swam away. But we were half a mile from the... <laughs> from the Safety. Sh- <laughs> yes. And we had to sm- swim back. And it was, you know, getting late in the afternoon. And I mean, obviously, we survived. We didn't lose any limbs or anything. I bet the Navy taught you how to tie a tourniquet. I mean, you'd be all right. Uh, yeah, well, also, there are survival <laughs> skills about what to do with a shark attack and all Punch that. Punch in the nose. Uh, yeah. Anyway, what are you doing this summer? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that exciting. Doing a few weddings, you know. Blame. Where are you going on vacation? Uh, we're going to plan something for the fall. You're going to pray about it? We're going to pray about it. Where are you taking Miles? <laughs> Nowhere. Somewhere fun? To the zoo. Mm-hmm. What zoo? We just go to the Fort Dallas Zoo. Dallas. Fort Worth Dallas. Fort Worth Zoo is very nice. The Fort Worth is the best. Mm-hmm. Dallas Zoo has gotten better yeah, for sure. in the past decade. So we have season Dallas Zoo tickets. So we just go randomly all the time. Okay. That doesn't seem like a very big treat for Miles, it's, though. So he loves gonna... it. Don't be rude. <laughs> He's two years old, and he thinks the zoo is the best vacation. Fair point. He's not going to remember. Yeah. Okay. So we're finishing up this series yeah. and the year. What yeah. was your favorite week of this series so far? Not so far. This is the end. Uh, so far. <laughs> That's a good favorite from one per, what perspective? Whatever perspective you okay, want to take. Okay, so my favorite subject was probably you too. I mean, that's my yeah. those are my guys, my dudes. <laughs> that's, that's not the what the kids are, are saying. The kids are saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in terms of like feedback from people, yeah, the Johnny Cash Sunday really just 
spoke to people, seemed to, or I've heard from a lot of people, put it that way. Yeah. And then the kids, like, they did a great job with the anthem. And you missed the 11 o'clock. They added, like, this whole shimmy at the 11 o'clock. Like, I they thought were... I saw a video clip of them dancing. Yeah. I was like, they didn't dance for me. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Brian wanted to up the energy on it. And so they, like, they were doing all this thing. And they're, they're the hand, their hands in the air. And, mm -hmm. um, and then somebody, I think Brian jokingly suggested that they pull out their cell phones with the lights. Did they do wave. it? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that would have been awesome. He said, actually, he thought you were going to get mad about that. And Max said, and I thought to myself, do you know my dad? He'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so they did not. I wish they would have. So funnily enough, in Modern, we did a Beyonce song, but it was like Spirit from Lion King. So like very Nobody not. Yeah. Right. Well, oh, okay. But Mason, stop. <laughs> Mason, at the end, he you was and, like. You and Beyonce know it. Stop. I don't know why my music gets hated on every single because week. I wanted you to Listen, do that. that's where I'm going with this. Listen to my story. Okay, right. So Mason came up to me afterwards and he was like, you know, we were having such a light and fun time going into Beyonce. I almost just went on the mic and said, oh, the single light as we did an intro. But then I thought you would get mad. I was like, do you know me? That would have been amazing. So people don't know us. <laughs> this week, you covered T-Swift. And Ed. And I covered Beyonce, like we yeah. talked about. Yeah. So another week of two powerhouses head-to-head. -head. Yeah. Tell me more about your relationship with Taylor. Mm -hmm. Not personally, <laughs> but I mean, maybe you tell me about that. But here's So here's the first time I ever heard a Taylor Swift yeah, song. Yeah, tell anything. me. I was a youth minister. Teardrops on my guitar. No, I don't even know the tune about, um, Like a cheerleader? Da, da. Da, 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 da. Shake, 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 shake. No, 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 no. not shake no? it off. Earlier than that. You belong with me. Yes. She wears high heels. Yes, that's I it, wear that's sneakers. Yes, exactly. She's cheer captain. Yes. I'm on the bleachers. So one of the little sisters of one of the kids in the youth group did this song at like a like a talent show type thing that we okay. had. It was the first time I'd ever heard of Taylor Swift. Interesting. And I didn't. I mean, so you like missed her whole like country bit. What year was that? What year did you belong to me come out? That's what I'm looking up right now. You belong with me came out in. Why does it not say it right away? Um, 2008 mm -hmm. on the Fearless album. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it was like her second album. Right? Her second mm -hmm. album. This was yeah. Ashley's high school prime. Mm. She was okay, great. I had already been off to war and <laughs> I, was, I was getting my master's degree. Gone, gone so, uphill in yes, snow and back. <laughs> I had fought in the war. <laughs> I, I guess the moral of the story is I am too old to take <laughs> Okay, so you heard her for the first time. <laughs> yes, through a oh. child. And you were moved uh no so then we saw no no, no. <laughs> whitney likes her so if it, well she's in the right <laughs> she's much younger than me and so yeah so it, there was like a it was in that same era so maybe 08 09 like there was a a, a feature on her on <laughs> dateline or what? <laughs> 60 minutes 60 minutes <laughs> this is the same thing <laughs> i planned all what's that right now it was on her and her kind of her story. And I think she got, she's got a pretty compelling story. She's so talented. Yeah. I didn't realize that she had had, like, she was the first woman to win album of the year three times with, at the Grammys. Um, only the fourth musician, period, of any kind. Like, you know, instrumental or genre or whatever. I didn't know she'd won all those uh, American Music Awards and Grammys. I didn't know Billboard ranked her number eight of artists of all time. All like, time. So, anyway, um, she's definitely culturally significant. But then that got me to thinking... <laughs> For the graduating seniors, I mean, she has been around their entire life. So it's not like right. she's a recent phenomenon, you know. Uh -uh. So uh -uh. it was, uh, we decided with this particular um, song, this particular week, I, I wanted to do one song 
that was not in any way religious, but that you can hear in a religious way. And I just right. thought that was a fun way to kind of, fun journey to go on. No, I liked it because I feel like you hit a different span of people too. Um, and I really like Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran's one of my uh, oldest son's favorite artists. So I li- we, when he's in the car, we listen to a fair amount of Ed Sheeran. He just seems like a real likable guy. Like he married his high school sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. super talented. He can so play like talented. 12 different instruments. Yeah. Yeah. Super talented. Yeah, yeah. And, and, there's, and catchy. Like, his mm-hmm. music's really catchy. Mm-hmm. So the two of them together is quite a pairing. But right. it was on her album, and I wanted to feature a female artist. Mm-hmm. I wanted to balance it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she writes, like, all of her own music, mm-hmm. which is really impressive. Mm-hmm. I feel like people don't always know how impressive that is. Um, but there are a lot of people who have top songs who they just buy that music or mm-hmm. whatever. So. Uh, just kind of a side note here. Yeah. Max's band's... Um, show for the fall uh-huh. is queen b stop I, yeah, yeah. so they fun they haven't seen all the music yet so i'm assuming there's gonna be some beyonce song in there no beyonce has great music too that's what i tried to convince everyone is to listen to a song if they had it outside of the one she, we were gonna hear you talk about a powerhouse she is well yeah. and not she's texan and she's methodist uh-huh. like we just hit oh, all yeah. the great things Lots to love about beyonce yep I like her Lemonade album, but I told everybody that it wasn't friendly for their little people. <laughs> Maybe. That's good. That's a good warning. <laughs> yep. Okay. So let's keep talking about how old you are. Okay. So when you took your youth group to New Mexico, yes, what, how, what, uh, I could what, have been in your youth group. Okay. I would have been I a was freshman. Say, what elementary school grade Stop. Were you in? I was a freshman in high school. Okay. So that means Ashley would have been in middle school. Yeah. I do have to say, as a freshman in high school, I'm, I, I seem much younger than my years, though. So you took your youth group, did Lenny Kravitz. As a freshman in high school, I would not have known a lot about Lenny Kravitz. Knowing his music now, though, I think I would have been cool with you presenting that. Like, I wouldn't have rolled my eyes or anything. No, no, no. And that's why, so there was one of the kids, like, there were kind of a couple of the young middle school girls who were kind of grumbling about the music, and and one of the freshman boys was like, y'all, this is Lenny Kravitz. Like, you you might not know who Lenny Lenny Kravitz is, but Lenny Kravitz is kind of (laughs) cool. Kind of. Uh, so all of this is to say it's too bad you ruined your cred the next year with Creed because that yeah. was a huge mistake so on your part. I don't think people properly understand. I how- just heard <laughs> the news today. It seems my life is going to change. Anybody can sing like Creed. <laughs> I can't believe it. Creed had anything to do with anything. When you said that, <laughs> I was dying laughing. And the picture was even better. Oh, man. Because so. like, there was like a hot five minutes where I like owned Creed albums. Oh, yeah. If you don't know Creed, pause this podcast right yeah. now. Play their top song. Take me higher. Take me higher. Yeah. They it's are like, awful. Yeah, it's like a 32-year-old Ethel Merman male voice. It's mm-hmm. terrible. And I did go straight from Creed to Nickelback. Straight. I got. I got. Elda, and I like, mean, I mean, it fits you would like look at this photograph. Oh I can just sing all these songs. <laughs> but I mean, then talk about a dirty album. Nickelback has some dirty songs, so don't go look Everybody that up. Everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> Creed. Stick with Creed. If you're so, Creed was kind of like Christiany. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. So they yeah. were they were on Top Forty Radio. But they were listen to that. But they were right Christian, and then. Scott Staff had some weird stuff to happen later. Oh, it was, yeah, 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 sketchy. Anyway, uh, so Lenny Kravitz was way better. I could have done Prince. I, there's a whole catalog yeah. of Prince I could have done. But. Right. Mm-hmm. Some are not appropriate, though. So many it's just are a, not. <laughs> yeah, many are many. not. So you, but there's a lot of religious. You got to be careful too. who you introduce. That was my thing with Beyonce. I was like, you love her music. It's brilliant. 
some of them <laughs> maybe not appropriate. Okay, so what do you think we're going back here? What do you think it is about adolescents and their relationship with music? Because that's a big thing. Like I remember songs oh, yeah. from when I was in oh, middle yeah. school and high school. What is it mm. about that? I I think that there's something about music that is just it just becomes a soundtrack for your life. Yeah. And one of the reasons that we want our kids in youth choir is because we want them to sing those songs that they come to love, especially if it's kind of modern stuff that comes to them when they need it. You know, yeah. like for me, it was Prince. I was a huge Prince fan, uh, and Prince like. Uh, Purple Rain came out in 1984, so that was kind of peak Prince was my middle school and junior high years. And um, there's a lot of there's a whole album of Prince's called Sign of the Times, which is very social justice oriented. Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it, it really it really did deeply affect the way that right. I look at the world. Now, there's a lot of unhealthy stuff in Prince as well, but I think I I just feel like we have like we make these connections to times in our lives with the music we're listening to at the time. Yeah. I think. And I wonder if it's a reason like uh, TikTok and stuff have really taken off because that is all about these like short clips of music. There's other stuff too, duh. But it really shows like how music kind of creates these relationships and how it impacts people differently. The same song mm -hmm. a million different ways. But there are like I have a playlist I listen to when I need to like lift my spirits a little mm -hmm. bit. Like music. And I, have I said on this on the podcast yet? So my my family gives again. me a hard time. I. I like I've got a whole, I got a strong melancholy streak in me. I don't know if it's the Irish thing. I don't know if it's my parents were divorced thing. I don't know, but there's a lot of the music I listen to is like we're li like we will listen to my playlist in the car and and Max, who's kind of the spokesperson for the smart or contingent in the family, will say something like, "Geez, Dad, like life is happy. Like why are we <laughs> listening to this?" <laughs> Which is true. It really is. But there's um, you know, I, like when I scroll through my my playlist, there's a there's a fair amount of melancholy stuff in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I almost need two playlists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can have two. <laughs> That's a new thing these days. No, I mean, like, <laughs> so I have a Chris's Faves playlist. Mm -hmm. I got a Chris's Jesus music playlist. I got a musical. Like, I've got it by genre. Uh -huh. But I probably need, like, a fave. Cut them in half. Yeah. Sad days, <laughs> yeah. happy days. <laughs> yes, yes. In my feels yeah. is what some people would call that okay. playlist. Yep. Okay, yep. yeah. In my feels. In so my feels. So Obadiah Parker has a version of Hey Ya. Have you heard this? Mm. Hey Ya is a great, very upbeat song. But the, if you hey, listen to the lyrics hey, of that song, yeah. uh -oh. thank God for keeping. I for, know the version you're God. talking about. For, thank God for mom and dad for keeping two together because we don't no, know no how. how. I mean, like, and yeah. so Obadiah Parker plays like this. Like slows it down? Yeah. Stop. It's, and it's like. Send me that. It's good. It's like my parents just broke up kind of song. Uh-huh. Blake has been using Spotify since it first came out. And one of the coolest things is that for every month since he's used Spotify, he has a playlist huh. of what he was listening huh. to during that time. So he can go back and visit huh. like like this diary cool. yeah. of what he was into. A musical diary. Uh -huh. Cool and scary. Yeah. In the huh. same way. Mm -hmm. You can tell when we started dating because the music changes a little bit. Very <laughs> <laughs> funny. That would be bad if it changed the other way. Okay, so back to the Bible. Chris, walk us through your yeah. scripture passage from Sunday. I know we hit on it a little bit mm -hmm. week one of the podcast, but give us a refresher on what happens. Yeah, so Paul goes to Athens, okay. it's Acts 17, and uh, 22 to 34 of the verses. Paul goes to, to Athens, and he's really struck by how idolatrous Alan, uh, Athens is. Like, there's there's just a lot of idols. Like, so his his pattern is to go to the synagogue and to uh, preach to people who already know God. And then after that, he will preach to Gentiles. And so he interacts with these philosophers 
Epicurean philosophers and Stoic philosophers, as well as some others. And they don't buy into everything he's saying at first, but they're like, okay, you're interesting. Come to the Areopagus and tell us more. Right. And he knows stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Paul is very, he's very cosmopolitan. I mean, he's, yeah, yeah. A, he's a Roman citizen, so he's kind of steeped in the uh, learned culture of the day. Mm -hmm. And then he's obviously a... Um, he calls himself a Pharisee among Pharisees, I think, at some point, one of his letters. So he's a, he's a rabbi as well. So he, this disputation style, this kind of back-and-forth style, debating style, is right in his wheelhouse. And then so he starts to interact with them about things they already know. Hmm. And so he says, you know, you've got this idol to an unknown God, or this altar to an unknown God. And what I'm telling you is, I'm telling you about the God. That's the God that I'm telling you about. And that, in fact, he's the only God, the only, one and only God. And he came in Jesus in the flesh. Uh, I didn't use that word. But he's, he talks about the resurrection. He talks about Christ dying for our sins. He gets into some judgment stuff at the end. I mean, he, you know, it takes a little judgy turn towards the end of that passage. He does that. I mean, but in this case, not just judgmental, but about judgment day, right? Uh, can, he's got both in him. <laughs> And then he quotes two secular poets, which I think is really cool. Like, uses verse that they, verses that they know to tell them about something, someone that they don't. Right. And I think that's a, that's a great metaphor for how we can engage secular subjects, secular music, secular poetry, secular movies, and help people see God in them. And I, I, it's been effective for a long, long time. <laughs> I mean, the whole point of a sermon illustration is to, say, is to take something that someone can relate to and use it to illustrate some gospel point. And uh, so that's kind of been the point of the series. I love it. I think it makes sense that you started with that kind of as like a teaser mm -hmm. week one and mm -hmm. then you ended with mm -hmm. it. I think that's fun. You don't always see that in a series. Yeah, thanks. Uh, that's, uh, that was Holy Spirit guided. I hadn't really in intended to start with uh, Acts 17, but it fit for that sermon on YouTube. Right. But now you were in Romans the whole time. Yeah, we were. Um, we backed up. Into chapter eight, because I told you I love yeah, chapter eight so much. Oh, so yeah, we did, the stuff, right? Of course, yeah. So we did the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf yeah. with size too deep size for too words, deep words, because that is like place. my like motto in life. Like yeah. that is the scripture I go to huh. in those moments. Huh. Um, so we talked about the Holy Spirit, mm. and it kind of connected with our week before with loneliness. Mm. So in those moments where you feel like people you're alone, um, that reminder that the Holy Spirit is on your behalf. I also make fun of Paul a little bit because you got to keep it real. Because he talks about the whole world groaning in labor pains. I yeah. was like, what does this guy know about labor well, pains? You know. it, Paul feels like he's an authority about a lot of stuff. I know. So <laughs> I rolled my eyes. That was my joke this week. Always got to have a joke to good. remind and the how people did it, how did it land? that I'm not all about the Bible. Uh, they loved it. Just okay. fell out of their Killed. seats, were nice. rolling, laughing. Yeah, nobody laughed. It was great. <laughs> but I do think that it was helpful for us in modern to just kind of stick with Romans, because they got to know Paul in that audience he was talking mm -hmm. to, because um, we haven't done an in-depth Romans in there since I can remember. So people don't know Paul's whole story. Mm -hmm. Like once he had his conversion moment, he goes off into the wilderness to like see how the Jewish faith lines up with what he's experienced with Jesus. Right. Like he has deep, deep like theological backing for this stuff that he kind of creates the words for on his own. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does. Which is very impressive. I mean, Paul gives us the language of Christian theology. Right. And I think they're, so growing up in the Methodist church, I don't know, maybe that's his other denominations too. People were like, we worship Jesus, not Paul. <laughs> and I was, that's never been a problem for me. Yeah. Like, I just see Paul as this great teacher. Yeah, man. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't make sense of Jesus without Paul. Right. I, I, I don't think. Yeah. Now, I mean. That sounds blasphemous. But I mean, some people have said, you, 
it would have been easier to have Christianity without Jesus than without Paul, because he gives us the framework to right. interpret what the gospel means, not just the teachings, no, but the faith aspect of it. Yes. I mean, the teachings make sense as hard as they are. Absolutely. And the miracles and all that makes sense. But in terms of how our faith in him changes us, that's, that's Paul. And concepts of salvation and... Justification. Right. Practices out in the world, doctrine, like yeah. all of that is there. So I just found that really helpful. And talking about secular stuff, you kind of make the argument that that's why it is important that we're looking at these songs mm -hmm. because they relate. So you and there's a Wesleyan oh, tie-in too. Tell me more. What like John? So Charles Wesley, when he was writing hymns, mm -hmm. set them to bar bar tunes. Yeah, right, right, right. Right, because he. he People under like they, they knew, knew the, the tunes, tune. and so he put different words to them. I mean, that is that is co-opting culture. That is right. like using things from culture to preach the gospel. But it's funny now because people think like Charles Wesley, oh, can't touch that hymn; it's so sacred. But like, right. it was a bar tune. Like right, right. ninety-nine bottles of beer on the wall, and set that. <laughs> Not Jesus quite that, but <laughs> to die for your sins, Jesus came to die. <laughs> that would be the worst song ever. <laughs> Can be, Jason do that next week? Awful. That would be an awful song. But it's it's a similar concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or. Or, because it was not Top 40 Radio, Top 40 Hits. Right. <laughs> changing, uh, I mean, he would be changing the words to fit the tune. Yeah. But another way to do it is to interpret the words. In right. Way. No, I love it. Okay, so then you introduce us to Taylor's song, Everything Has Changed. Yes. You connect that with your scripture passage by saying, when we know Christ, everything has changed uh -huh. for us. So what does that look like? And what did it look like for those Athenians, too? So, I mean, the whole point of... Christian journey is to allow ourselves to be transformed by our faith. And so, I mean, in the Christian narrative, that means... To allow ourselves, not to make ourselves be transformed. Be transformed. That's like a, power, yeah, power, yeah, to allow. Because the whole point, the whole problem that we face is that we're inherently self-centered. We seek after our own will and selfish ends, and we do that to the exclusion and sometimes the outright harm of others. Right. And the gospel is supposed to make us think entirely differently. And so, you know, I think there are lots of ways to articulate that transformation, but... In kind of Wesleyan language, once you place your faith in him, once you're justified, then that process of sanctification begins and you continue to grow in your love for God and your fellow human beings the rest of your life as you're going on to perfection. Right. That's possible by the power of the Holy Spirit working within us. And we have that, that Holy Spirit working within us thanks to our faith in Christ. Hmm. So the Athenians were these idolatrous pagans right. before Paul got to them. And some of them, guess what, remained idolatrous pagans, right? But some of them were like, hmm, I'm, I want to hear more about this guy. It's and like so, curiosity. And then some of them came to believe. And those who came to believe are ultimately our faith ancestors. Right. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm, very few of us have Jewish roots. I know. Very few. I know. Our people need to hear that more often, I think. That was kind of earth shattering for me. I didn't really put that together until I was in like college or maybe even beginning seminary. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh. I can't claim all of that. Like through Christ, I am, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, sure. related to this, but like not literally. Mm. Like those are not my stories. Mm -mm. No, no, no. We're we're grafted onto the vine. Right. Is what he says in the, elsewhere in Romans. Yeah. The transformation is inherent. It's just inherent to our faith. Paul elsewhere uses language like uh, in Christ we are a new creation, where we died to ourself and are and are risen with Christ. I mean, all that all that kind of language in the old days. Baptismal fonts used to be bathtubs, bathtubs right? You basically, <laughs> so you you would walk all the way down into like you would fully immerse yourself. Like it's like you disappear and come back. It's like you dis yes, exactly. It was symbolizing the death and the re and the rebirth. 
that's how seriously our theology takes uh, the concept of transformation. Right. And so the point I made in the benediction, and most of the services, I think, is that <laughs> for, for those of us who are always raised in the church, that can be a little bit tricky because there's never a time when we've not known Christ. There have been times when we're closer or farther away. Absolutely. When we've take, you know, times when we've taken it more or less seriously. But it's not like there was a moment when we didn't have faith and then there's a moment when we did. Like that's not how we view it really for right. those for those of us who raise our kids in the church. But there is a moment of clarity, usually for all of us, where we, so, you know, sometimes it's confirmation. Oh, that's a little bit young typically. But the moment where we're like, okay, I'm, full, I'm all in on this. I'm fully committed and wherever this path leads me, I'm going to follow. I, and I just, and so the, the whole idea of ending this Easter season sermon series with the song, Everything Has Changed, especially on a day we're recognizing our graduating seniors, I think it's really powerful. And it's clearly a love song, <laughs> clearly a love song, <laughs> right? Um, and it's a simple song. It's not a, not our greatest hit. It's not the most complicated musically, but it's, it's really, it's a beautiful song. Yeah. And I, I uh, if we can think of it as, Instead of God singing to us like an out of hiding, us singing to God, especially as a new believer or right. somebody who's experienced this transformation moment or whatever, I think it's really powerful. Yeah. And there's something about transformation that I say attractive, but it like draws people in. We talked about that with him. And it's inevitable for us who believe in Jesus. So I like that you used everything has changed because I think for people who don't know what it's like to be made new in Christ... Taylor gives us example of what she really means, what it's made to be changed by love and relationships. Right. And so it's a good entry level to like, just think of that relationship mm -hmm. that changed you. Mm -hmm. That's what Christ offers to another right. extent. Right. So it is this like comparison yeah. for people who may not know what that means yeah. when you say it. Because yeah. when you tell people you're going to be transformed by this new life, like, okay, what does that really mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm a different person than I was before I met Whitney. Right. I mean, not, I don't look at the world in any way. I mean, maybe a few ways, but there was a real big transformation. <laughs> yeah. That relationship. And of course it should be that way with God. Right. And sometimes it takes a while to figure that out. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like you're going through the motions. Yeah, sometimes. But then maybe it's a, maybe it's the right sermon. Maybe it's the right, right piece of music. Maybe it's the right moment in your life. Maybe it's the rock bottom that you hit because of whatever reason. Right. But kind of falling in love with God. And I know that sounds kind of weird. You know. The church has always had that kind of language. You know, the Song of Solomon has been interpreted metaphorically as being a love story between Christ right. and the church. And I mean, that's a, I mean, Jesus is not my boyfriend, right? <laughs> I mean, I get that. But, but there, there should be a deep love there like, in the same way you love a friend or a mentor yeah. or a It's intimacy. Coach, right? Yes. A hundred percent it is. And so, I don't know, there's some lyrics in the song that really work. Yeah, so you talk about all I know is a newfound grace yeah, as her lyric. Yeah, she sneaks that in at Yeah, the end. what do you think she means by that? Uh, you know, I don't... Is she thinking, this is for you, Chris, so you can preach on this one day? <laughs> My hunch is that she did not have any theological uh, ideas. <laughs> I mean, there. she grew up in the church, so, yeah, like, yeah, grace yeah, is something faithful, she sure, knows. Well, like, the point I made in the sermon was that if you, if we, if I just, if we just played this song in worship, he didn't know it was Taylor Swift, he didn't know it was a duet with Ed Sheeran, and didn't have that line about green eyes and freckles, <laughs> and you heard these lyrics, I know something now I didn't before. I mean, well, that's coming to faith. Um... I just want to know you better. I mean, that is the process of sanctification. Uh, you'll be mine and I'll be yours. I mean, that's like, that is claiming our faith as our own and vice versa. And then I love, all I know is a simple name. Everything has changed. Like Jesus really should change everything. Right. If you take it seriously. Uh, but then this line at the end, all I know is newfound grace. And I, 
I don't know if that means, you know, I think we're, um, just in terms of a romantic relationship, we're much more willing to give our partner the benefit of the doubt, <laughs> right? Than the random person right. honking at us on right. the street. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, I'm guessing that's kind of what she means. Yeah. But it sure it's does deeper fit. though than love, right? right? Like right. it comes off right. as it's like not like puppy love, right? I mean, this is, there's something new, something different going on here. That's a great sign. Yeah, I song. made fun of you. I think at the beginning for choosing this, I was like, "Are you sure that's the one?" But there is when she uses language like grace and these other things, it is more than just a love song, like yeah. intentional or not. Yeah, it well, comes off. And then when Ed sings about, um, "I've got these high walls that are painted blue, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tear them down and open up the door for you." I mean, that's like really, that's really that's deep. That's really beautiful poetry. Yeah. And it's set to this song that's pretty catchy. Mm. I love that. I love this kind of stuff. I'm glad you told us the lyrics because I always thought it was, all I know is a simple thing that everything has changed. Uh, I didn't know it was as a uh, simple name. Yeah. I sing lyrics wrong all the time, so it's not that surprising. <laughs> but I thank you for that clarification. Well, and that actually fits better with faith, in my opinion, than a relationship. Right? I, I think. but Yeah. No, I love it. Okay, what else? Anything else from the cutting room floor? Anything you wanted to tell us about Taylor or Paul, I guess? I don't think so. I feel like okay. we've uh, we've done a, a pretty comprehensive job with the, what we're trying to accomplish with these right. kind of sermon series. I had some really good... Uh, one person, a saint of the church, came out and said, if on the next one you don't have Willie Nelson, I'm not coming to church anymore. <laughs> I mean, she was kidding, of course. But I'm like, yeah, Willie does need to be on there. And I almost had Willie instead of Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. You have great Willie stories. You've shared oh, some of gosh. them with us. Willie, what does I, he do? I love Whiskey River. Whiskey River, take my mind. He's got his little skinny hand that he points up in the air with. So if you could do that. Yep. Um, some other, what are some other? What ones? other suggestions? Yeah. Garth Brooks. Oh, gosh. We, see, that's why I had to do the high women. I had to have a country something. Yeah. You did Johnny Cash, so... We kind of hit the country. I mean, I could do a whole sermon series on music of Prince. We're in Texas, people love country. Prince was good. So Elvis, somebody mentioned Elvis. Yeah, Elvis. I mean, you know, so I know. and part of the part of the challenge with a with a pop culture sermon series is you got to hit something that resonates with you know from the kids in the choir loft right. to the oldest folk in the choir loft. It's okay. Well, uh, we got a little time to noodle on it. As I say, we, we plan ahead a long ways over here. <laughs> There's an Elvis movie coming out soon. Mm. Is there? Mm-hmm. With Tom Hanks huh. in it. With Tom we Hanks. could do some Queen. There's like a lot of good that we haven't done. Well, yeah, we could. Elton John. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I love both I'll do all of these in modern. Just come to me. Uh, okay. Tell us what we have to look forward to in the fall when you and Reagan pick this back up. Yeah. So, well, over the summer, we'll start with that. So we've okay. got um, this weekend is Ascension Sunday. It's also Memorial Day weekend. And then we have Pentecost. And then we have... Um, a wild card. You're going to be preaching. We're going preaching off. On? We're going to do four weeks on James. No, what are you doing in the in the sanctuary on the twelfth? I'm doing Trinity. Oh, Trinity Sunday. Yeah. Okay. And then we have VBS Sunday. Yep. And then we got a, just a wild card Sunday. Communications is the least favorite because they have to do a special graphic just for one Sunday. <laughs> and then the youth come and do their homecoming Sunday. And then we've got a four week series on musicals. Which I'm musicals. Are you, doing, you're, are you doing different musicals than me? You yeah, are, I right? am. We got to hmm. keep it different. So I'm doing Jesus Christ Superstar. Classic. Which was also just at Dallas Summer Musicals. This is in July. Wicked, West Side Story, and Frozen. Love it. So we're doing Into the Woods, Dear Evan Hansen, Come From Away, which all three of those are streaming. Huh. So that should be cool. Nice. And then Kristen's doing a week. So she's picking. Okay. TBD. Excellent. And then we're into August. Back to school Sunday comes early. It's like August 7th, I believe this year. Right? Yeah, it is. And we are, so our back to school sermon series is going to be on Moses and Miriam. Okay. And I assume that's when Off Script will come back too. Off Script will come back then. Yeah. Yep. 
and then we're doing uh, Luke's Greatest Hits in September, and then Stewardship, and then All Saints, and then Thanksgiving, and then Advent, and then Christmas, Advent. 31 Mondays from Christmas, in case Stop. you Stop. He didn't look at anything, y'all. He just said that off the top of <laughs> his head. 31? Yeah, there are only 31 Mondays left before Christmas. Seems but we like are going to get to do Christmas in July we for are? our Serving Others ministry. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. That's fun. Look for it. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. Yeah. Cool. Well, listen... Y'all, thanks for being with us for a se- another season of Off Script. Stephanie, thank you for being my conversation partner for the past, uh, I guess, month and a half since Reagan's been on maternity leave. Miss you, Reagan. We do miss Reagan. She, the baby's doing great. We're going to go finally see him this week. Oh, good. The whole family's going. Great. So it's going to be on Friday. And then have a great summer, whatever your travels take you. Uh, we'll have, are we, do we have any content, podcast content coming out this summer? I hope that we can do some interviews with our staff, especially some of our newer staff joining us. Excellent. So that everybody can get to know them a little better before the fall. Perfect. Cool. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we'll be back in in August. Did you have any closing thoughts? Nope. Thanks for having us. Stay connected with us. Subscribe at cumc.com slash subscribe so that you can keep up with our upcoming content and see when we're coming back. Excellent. All right, y'all. God bless you. Have a wonderful summer. And we'll be back in August with another episode of Script. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Script. It was hosted by Reverend Chris Dowd, produced by Ashley Danner as a part of the Christ United Podcast Ministries. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.